Vegas Video Network Studios, just steps from the Las Vegas Strip, it's Top of the Food Chain. And now your host, he's one part mohawk, two parts attitude, and a touch of what the f***, it's Al Mancini. Oh, look at that. Technical difficulties, but thank you. Applaud us for getting through it. This is live TV. I was really honestly just looking for a way to get Scott to go through my pockets before the show started. Welcome to Top of the Food Chain, my friends. I am Al Mancini. While the rest of the world is out there looking for the next Food Network star, you have already found the next Vegas Video Network star. I, I have to admit the pay is not quite the same, but I do get really large cutlery. So suck on that, Bobby Flay. You don't have that to offer. Okay. Um, we are at top of the food chain, and one thing we love here is um, for you guys to email us with any questions you might have for future future shows. We can do that at food at vegasvideonetwork.com. But if you are live right now, I got a feeling people are, given who our guest is tonight. And I don't want to give it away quite too soon, but I'm sure he's got a lot of fans out there. We got a chat room going on. So just start hitting us with your questions. We will get to as many of them as we possibly can, I promise you. Um, in the meantime, we are on iTunes. We got audio, we got video, we got I guess that's it, but audio and video, which is pretty much all you're going to need. Um, you can see us on YouTube as well. All the old episodes, all the things you've missed, all the stupid stuff I've done that you will want to laugh at, but you didn't get the chance to mock me for yet. So make sure you check that out. And of course, plenty of other great shows here at Vegas Video Network that you're going to want to check out as well. Let's kick things off today. And um, I got my buddy Scott over there, the guy who provided me with those great knife and fork, <laughs> knife and fork and spoon. I guess I don't need to cut anything here. Anyway, Scott, how are you, brother? I'm good. I thought you were a little taller than you ended up being. Yeah. That's why I got the big stuff. Oh, okay. Yeah, I just thought you figured I had a big mouth. But which? <laughs> oh, or that. Just that. Let's go with B. Yes, that. That's it. How you been? How's your week been, brother? Uh, week is good. Busy. You know, building networks, doing dreamy stuff. Um, I can't remember a lot of it because yeah. I've been busy and I have a cold. And you've been drinking. I'm on a lot of NyQuil. Ah, <laughs> uh, NyQuil. Yes, that's a, a fine, fine substitute when you can't actually get good whiskey. <laughs> anyway, um, well, I've actually, yeah, I've had a great week. I annoyed some people from Yelp, but a big thing we did, a panel discussion we did over at, um, over at the library. So anybody who came out for that, I really appreciate you guys coming out to that one. Um, and you know, I wanted to chat with you though, Scott, because you're a man about town here in Las Vegas, and you cover all things Vegas. And my review that came out today in Las Vegas City Life, I review on Petra over oh, at yeah. Tivoli Village. Yep, yep, yep. And it was a pretty harsh review. I don't want to rehash all the things that were bad about the restaurant. You can go to, go to LasVegasCityLife.com, and you will see that um, I did not enjoy my visits to Petra. But more so, Scott, have you been to Tivoli Village? Yeah, we did. We did a show about it a couple weeks ago on the Living in Las Vegas podcast. We just went to Brio uh, and then kind of roamed around. We saw, the, uh, we saw Petra's and it looked great. Um, and Melissa, my wife, went there probably 
uh, I'm going to say three or four weeks ago, right when it opened, and she had a pretty good experience there. Well, I mean, that's, that's good to hear. I'm glad to hear somebody's having a good experience. A lot of my friends have been on Facebook, like, right on. I've been to that place, and it was just as bad as what you said. Um, but what do you think of Tivoli overall? I mean, well, it's, it's, it's a bit ghost towny-ish, of course, because not everything is, is built out yet. I, I mean, I like the look. I like the style. I want it to do well. I mean, that's my deal. So I'm going to be a fan. I'm going to lean towards being a fan anyways. Uh, and I'm a fan of Brio, so I like that place. I don't know about the rest of it. I thought... They had a very expensive food, I mean, dog food place, and uh, <laughs> which I mean, I, I was rooting for the place too. I mean, anything in this economy, I'm hoping. But I walking around the place, it just looked like they didn't finish it. They rushed to no. finish it. I mean, that that fountain out front, yeah. it's just not done. I mean, right. it can't apparently. I don't know. It can't hold water. <laughs> it just um, <laughs> there's no water in it. So I don't know, man. I'm just curious your thoughts because you are the general Vegas guru. Well, I wanted to network. do well. I, I mean, the fact that they even built it is good news. I mean, I mean, it could have just like Fountain Blue and all these other places stopped halfway, and that would have been not a feature. Yeah, so I'm just, happy that they're going. I hope they do well, um, and you know, we'll go back definitely. Yeah, I mean, I I like places like that. You can go on a on an afternoon. You can just kind of walk around, but then you sort of walk around the block once, and suddenly yeah. you're like, where the hell am I supposed to go? Do you like to Town now? Square? Um, you know, I, I've got a problem with Town Square because I wish there was residential going on in Town Square. I think it's sort of a fake city. It's sort of like a Disneyland of cities. And personally, I prefer, if you're going to do something, you know, I wish they had taken the district's, you know, idea and actually put so that people could live there and walk around. Other than that, I enjoy Town Square, but I, I have that sort of basic fundamental flaw. Of course, nobody wants to live there because the airplanes would be flying over here yeah, it's a all day. So anyway. Um, Let's get on to my, my thought of the day today. What's, um, I, I'm asked very frequently when I'm out, people ask me about dress codes and people ask me about dressing up for dinner. And um, often surprised, especially given the way I look, that I'm, I'm a firm believer that you really should dress for dinner. I was going through my buddy um, John Curtis's website, which is eatinglv.com, and he was recently at at Le Cirque, one of my favorite restaurants in town and one of the finest restaurants in town. And he had some encounters with some guys that were trying to come through the door. We, got the, we have the photos. These are from John's website, eatinglv.com. They're, they're trying to get into the Cirque dressed like this. I mean, super fine French dining. I don't know what's going through their heads. And apparently, maybe the reason they thought they could get in dressed like that is because this guy right here actually did get in. And, I don't know how close you can see there, but apparently he feels the need to show off his chest. I don't know why. I think the, the lady had been showing off her chest in that picture. Maybe it would have been, a, people would have liked it. I, I, seriously, I can't understand why people do not decide to dress to go out to dinner. If you're going someplace nice, especially, I mean, a world-class place like um, Le Cirque, um, if you're going to Robichon, joints like that, I mean, these are special meals, you know? I mean, you're supposed to be going there because it's a big night. You're going there with people that you care about, hopefully, either business guys you want to impress, chicks you want to impress, guys you want to impress, whatever you're, whoever it is. But it's supposed to be a special night out. I mean, you don't eat at these places and just throw away, you know, seven, eight, nine hundred thousand dollars on a meal for just your average night out. Why don't you want to look good? You know, people get surprised. I mean, because this is me, and people get surprised. But I'll tell you, I'll never go to a restaurant of that caliber unless I'm wearing a suit. And I'll grant you, I don't wear suits quite the way normal people. Here's me with Alex Strata at Strata. That's my definition of a suit. But it is a suit. It's just no tie. Mickey Mouse instead. But, um, you know, I, I don't get it. So here's my advice, folks. If you're going to go someplace nice and you really decide that you, you know, 
you can't bother to put a suit on because you're around Las Vegas, it's uncomfortable, just keep a freaking jacket around somewhere. I mean, look, this is a simple thing. Here I am, I'm dressed, I'm ready to go out. I'm going to the club, I'm going to Double Down Saloon, right, I'm gonna trash it up all night. But before that, I wanna go to a nice restaurant. <sighs> look at this, Mr. Jacket. It's simple, it's easy. You do this, put that on, and you don't look like a jackass when you're going into a nice restaurant, okay? So there's the advice. Also, if you do want to go someplace casual, there are super fine dining. We've got three places here in town where it is kind of acceptable. So I do want to give you that advice as well. Um, you can head over to L'Atelier de Joël Robichon, which is right next door to Robichon, and there's virtually no dress code there. I mean, they say it's business casual, but I've been told by the chef, jeans and t-shirt are fine, they like it. it um, you're getting the same great food, same huge price tag, but you can go in, unless you're wearing flip-flops or shorts, and I don't know what kind of person would try to do that, um, but unless you're doing that, you're gonna be fine there, and it's great food. Also, Bar Masa is very casual and incredibly good food. And um, you can also go to a new tiny little restaurant called E in the back of Haleo, which is a once-in-a-lifetime experience. Um, at $2.50 ahead, including wine pairing, tax, and tip, I actually think it's a bargain. You get about 15 to 20 courses, six servers in the room for no more than eight people. And seriously, you go there in jeans and t-shirt, and nobody's going to mind. Other than that, put on a damn jacket if you're going someplace nice, okay? Or at least a dress shirt. Do not be those guys. Do not end up on John Curtis's website. Okay, that's my tip for you guys for today. We're going to be back with our guest right after this. No pressure. Hi, I'm... <laughs> Hi, I'm Dennis Silvers from... Can't think of the name of my damn show. Golf and other four-letter words, and you're watching the Vegas Video Network, I think. Okay, we are back here at the Vegas Video Network. This is Top of the Food Chain, I'm Al Mancini, and I've got probably one of the coolest guests I've had in here so far, at least if cool means popular and super hip and changed the Las Vegas restaurant scene. We have Rick Guerrero of Sliding Through. Rick, man, you are a hero in this town. Thank you very much. <laughs> you, you are, honestly, this man here, this is the Bill Gates of the Vegas food truck scene. And by Bill Gates, I mean he went somewhere else and saw somebody else's really, really good idea and decided a way to make a billion dollars stealing it. But that's cool, man, you know, because Bill Gates wanted a computer on every desk. Yeah, it's inspired, you know. Yeah, what ideas are original now? Right, and you wanted a food truck on every corner, and I think we have it now, you know. So congratulations on all the success, man. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. I mean, I th if people out there who aren't in Las Vegas don't, may not realize this, but a year and a half ago, we did not have a single gourmet food truck here in Las Vegas. I mean, And that's the problem I noticed, and that's where I saw there was a market and an opportunity available. So what city did you go to where you saw it going on and said... I never actually, I never ate off a food truck before starting this business. Um, besides the roach coaches, the taco trucks at the construction sites, uh, the business that did hands down inspire me to bring it to Vegas is Koji Barbecue in L.A. Just following them and they kind of set the... They kind of set the trend across the country for the upscale lunch trucks. They kind of paved the way for everybody. Just looking at their Twitter, they had 50,000 Twitter followers, just a little food truck. 
and reading articles about them grossing $2 million their first year in business, it was just incredible to me. And yeah, I mean, you saw the opportunity and you took it and you brought it here and now, you have any idea? I mean, literally, in 18 months, from you being the first guy, we've got to have at least two dozen gourmet food trucks, maybe more? Yeah, at least. There's at least 20 to 25 food trucks in the Vegas Valley now operating on the regular. It's kind of crazy because before, we, we started March of last year, only been in business a couple months, over a year. And yeah, before us, you couldn't go out, you couldn't search Twitter to go eat off a food truck or or very many business, very many restaurants in general. I know that Retro Bakery was one of the only brick and mortar restaurants that I saw had a Twitter presence before we started. Okay, um, I, you know, I gotta ask you, you, you've also never worked in, you never worked in a restaurant before. That's you've the never secret. eaten at a food truck? <laughs> I mean, what is this? You just sat around Googling, like, what's the most popular thing out there that I can do and be the first guy to do it? Is that how it works? Well, food's always been a huge passion of mine. It, it just started with my love of being in the kitchen and love of cooking. I did a brief stint at um, the culinary program at the Art Institute. It only lasted about six months. I was never very good at good. I guess I was always good at tests, but I was never good at the, here you have to study this and take a test on it part. And um, yeah, just looking on the internet, I started a little food blog before all this. It kind of you know, gave me a little bit of experience with Twitter, Facebook, and just social media in general, uh, blogging, setting up a website, and then, um, it's funny, I used to cook meals for friends and family. I invite them over every Wednesday night, and then I brought home some leftovers to my mom one time. She's like, you should start a catering company. You might as well get paid to feed all your friends, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and nice. um, so I looked on Craigslist the next day. For, I'm like, you know what? Actually, that might not be a bad idea. The, the upscale lunch truck is like a huge trend right now, getting ready to take over. And um, went on Craigslist the next morning, and found a truck for right around 15000 and I'm like, you know what, this might, we might be able to do something with this. One of the few people out there who uses Craigslist for something that's not dirty. So, look at that, you can actually do businesses. I want to get back to a little more about the startup costs, but um, right now we've got somebody on the chat line. I know your, oh, your, nice. people, your hey. fans are rabid, so. Um. Uh, it's not somebody, we've got a bunch of people on the chat. Okay. Got, I've, I've got four questions lined up already. Nice. Uh, Bob wants to know how many trucks do you have right now? Um, I have the one slider truck and we partnered with somebody to open up the Munchies truck, which is a gourmet grilled cheese truck. Okay. Okay. And uh, Spackett wants to know, uh, what's your long-term goal? What do you see doing five years, ten years out from now? Oh, five years, ten years. The 10-year goal is... Retired on an island somewhere. Hey, that'd be nice, right? right? Man, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to answer before you go. No, but... I have more than 10 years of work in, in me, that, which that's the ultimate goal. <laughs> but um, 10 years from now, honestly, we're, I hope to see 500 sliding throughs across the country mm. and possibly in other, other countries across the world. So you want to be the Ronald McDonald and the Bill Gates, both. I want to be the original gourmet fast food. Okay, um, so you, know, you were talking about you went on online, you got a truck for 15 grand. What, for somebody out there who's considering so, you know, starting a food truck, because I, how can you not be considering it right now? Yeah, you know? right. <laughs> and we'll talk about whether it's kind of 
oversaturated in a bit. But if somebody mm -hmm. wants to do it, what's it going to cost them to really start up something like this? So we really got a steal. I mean, for 15000 after negotiations, we ended up taking the truck for 12000 But you're not going to find that in, in this market. Everybody knows that it's a hot idea. We settled with a little bit of an older truck. It was a 1983. We called it a little old Bess. And she got the job done. But if we had some more money, and now with our experience, it makes more sense to invest a little bit more money. And because you're going to end up investing that same amount of money in, you know, when the truck breaks down and a transmission needs to be replaced, the engine needs repairing, you know. Because if anybody out there has kept up with our Twitter and Facebook since the beginning, you've seen that little old Bess had problems and we couldn't make <laughs> services and we're stuck on the side of the freeway one day and, you know, it's... It's our humble beginning. So, and then of course, I'm sure there are other costs involved. So, I guess you know, nuts and bolts. If I had a rich uncle that wanted to give me money to open my own food truck, what would I really need to get? You're get looking going? to spend right around fifty thousand. After everything, a decent truck's going to run you anywhere from thirty. Actually, a decent truck's going to run you anywhere from thirty to forty, upwards of fifty, and then. Um, one of the biggest expenses is definitely you have to get the truck wrapped. That's your mobile billboard, you know, that's how people how you catch people's attention. And then, um, but it's nice that we don't have all the costs of a traditional restaurant, like 3% advertising budget every month, you know, and we don't have the initial startup costs of advertising in general, you know, just to get the name out there. We don't have to invest in, you know, a huge kitchen, build out, dining room, anything like that. Right. Now I did this panel discussion um, at the library a few days ago and it was really about the effect of social media on the entire food scene. And you know, they were asking what do you think the main effect has been and I said, you know, there's the one thing is food trucks. I mean, social without food trucks, without excuse me, without social media, mm -hmm. I don't see food trucks being what they anything more than roach coaches, right? Yeah, exactly. Without honestly, we credit 99% of our success to just knowing how to utilize social media to benefit us. Twitter and Facebook, without those mediums, we wouldn't have a business, you know. And now that we've opened up our first restaurant, we always get calls every day of, you know, trying to sell us. We want you to advertise on the back of this uh, grocery receipt, you know. And, and we kind of pride ourselves on the fact that we haven't spent a dime in any form of traditional advertising. Okay. Now, you know, I want to talk a bit about the community because there are a lot of a lot of different people. I mean, you know, you say you basically were just a home cook. Um, I know Joe over at Sloppy Joe's used to work at um, I think Nine Steakhouse yeah. as a server. Um, I've spoken to people that run food Love trucks. Love you, Joe. <laughs> but, um, uh, Chris over at Lulu's on the Move actually used to be a. a Bakery. He worked in the bakery at Bouchon. I mean, the bakery at yeah. Bouchon is one of the greatest high-end, super, you know, super high-end bakeries here in Las Vegas. Definitely. So, I mean, you've got people from really all works of life. We've got um, Top Notch Barbecue, which was a catering company. So, mm -hmm. some people that knew food, some people that didn't know food. You guys are really coming in from everywhere. And are you buddies? Do you hang out? I mean, you didn't before this, so you weren't in the same world before this thing took off. No, we definitely weren't, but... You know, the the industry has kind of brought all of us together and we try to help each other out. I know that pretty much every food truck that comes along 
we're always like the first in line to try it out, you know, and, and blog about them, show them love on, on the website, blast them out to try to get them some initial Twitter followers and Facebook followers. We feel like, you know, we just want to see the industry as a whole grow, not just our business, which is kind of, kind of asked backwards from your traditional, like, business mindset of competition you know your competition out there yeah there's a real sense of community going on Definitely. and I mean that's that's what's really interesting and I mean personally you know I guess because I'm not stuck in an office hoping you guys will drive by all day I work yeah. out of my house so I've got a kitchen so I'm I, I don't like following you around and having to chase yeah. you on Twitter man. <laughs> I mean I, I when I reviewed tasty buns out there you could look up my city life article I had to chase them like three places because they kept yeah. moving and I got an old iPhone and it's kind of out of touch and I went to the Hustler Club and they weren't there. Then I went to Town Square and they weren't there. Then I went across the street to um, Callaway Golf Center and yeah. they were there. Um, and then I ended up seeing you that night. And I then I ended up, yeah, I saw you there. And then I bumped into, after I got the food and I'm eating it on the hood of my car and I got to write my review, then I went over to have some drinks at the Double Down Saloon and they were there. Oh, nice. Like I just <laughs> accidentally bumped into them. So I don't like, I don't dig that as much. I know maybe it's just because I'm an old man, but mm -hmm. you know, it's not really my thing. But what I really like in talking about that sense of community is when you guys get four or five or six of you together, and yeah. then it kind of gets a real street festival, street fair vibe to it, and it's, and it's really cool. So that is great that you work together. Scott, you, his light is blinking like crazy over there. What do people got to yeah, say, man? Nice. People, are, people are completely fascinated by this cab. Let's do it. Uh, Mark wants to know what kind of licenses and fees did you have to pay to get this thing off the ground? Uh, licensing and fees, well, on that note, food trucks, it, getting a food truck license is actually one of the hardest licenses to get. It's regulated just as a liquor license and gaming license. It's called a privilege license. They do the full-on background check. Every partner in it needs to, you know, be scrutinized. And not only that fact, but you have to do it four times because you're going all over the city, so you're not in just one location. They so gotta get Henderson so you have and to you gotta get, get North Las Vegas and City of county. Las Vegas and County. Wow. So yeah, well that's crazy, man. Yeah, so in each one you're looking at a roughly four hundred to seven hundred right around four fifty per business license. What's next up, Scott? Uh Odepody yes. Probably not how it's pronounced. <laughs> uh, will Vegas streets ever move to a bigger venue? I know you haven't talked about that yet, but it looks Ooh, like um, good question. the uh, El Cortez location seems to be kind of busting at the seams a bit. Yeah, it is. Well, we're only going into our fourth month um, oh, wait, of Vegas just, just before, Vegas Streets is um, one of these monthly festivals that he does, and it's coming up this Saturday. We'll talk about it a little bit later, but you get usually about, what, eight trucks out there? Yeah, eight, eight to ten trucks. And yeah, there it is. It's over at the um, El Cortez usually, um, kind of in front of the El Cortez, nice little parkish yeah, area. nice little walkway. And a great place where you can sort of, again, these festivals are so much fun because of the fact that you get everyone together. So it's not just you're lined up and you get your burger and you eat it mm -hmm. and you go. But first of all, if you want one slider and you want some ribs and you yeah. want whatever you can get, you can get pretty much anything that's you want. Part. And everybody mingles and everybody hangs out. And, you know, that's really cool. I mean, the only thing I guess that would be close to that is sort of the Fuku Burger guys kind of try to also put together sort of a festival atmosphere when they serve at night, too. Yeah, but, true. 
but streets really is the um, is the place you want to go. And there are smaller ones. There's some competitions that I know my buddy Brock, Brock Radke's been promoting too. But, yeah. But the they, food truck roundups. Yeah, the food truck roundups. Um, a lot of things like that. So bigger, bigger and better things for Vegas Streets somewhere down yeah, the line. Yeah, well, Vegas Streets is still in its infancy, and um, now that it is sort of busting at the seams, we've been um, talking with the city about closing down Sixth Street right there, and then eventually wrapping it onto Fremont Street as well. So it'll take on kind of a, a U shape and cover that whole block right there. Well, yeah, but we're one step at a time, though. We're right. getting there. That's the big picture. Well, now you got a new mayor you're going to have to deal with. Yeah, right. So, fortunately, she's related to the old one, so hopefully yeah. any... Well, she's already given her <laughs> thumbs up, and she actually, um, the night before she actually won her election, we served their private event, our, the slider truck and the munchies truck, and I got Carolyn Goodman to try some sliders, and she gave her approval. Very cool. Um, <laughs> Of course, you weren't endorsing anyone prior. To, no. were, were you officially no, endorsing? No, no, no. You got to play politics in this right? game, man. You got to be careful. You never know what's going to happen. Um, you know, I wanted to talk. What What are really the unique challenges of being in a truck as opposed to? Because you've now expanded to brick and mortar, and mm -hmm. you know you've got a, a full time a place over there by the airport. Yeah. And that's really cool. That's sliding through HQ. And the exact street it's on is is the, right on Paradise and Sunset, right off of Paradise and Sunset, off on a street called Greer Drive. Right, it's one of those. It's in that little office park, so you kind of got to drive around a little bit to yeah, find it. Yeah, and uh, you gotta look carefully because we don't even have a sign out front. It's, it's kind of our back cave. Yeah, but it's attached <laughs> to Paradise uh, Paradise Poker. Yeah, so Paradise anybody, Poker Club. Any of you gamblers know where that is, it's, it's right attached. So you've got the brick and mortar going on. Mm -hmm. I know you've got two more brick and mortars coming yeah, up. Yeah, in the works. Um, but I guess my question really, not to you in particular, but for all of these guys who have worked in other restaurants mm -hmm. and now they're doing it on the road, for you now that you have a brick and mortar and a truck, what are the unique problems or difficulties of cooking out of a truck compared to cooking out of a brick and mortar? And then what are the unique opportunities that a truck gives you? Well, let me just start off by saying it is definitely not as easy as everybody may think it is. I know people looking at our business from the outside looking in, they see, oh, these kids only work three hours here and three hours there, six hours a day, and it looks like they're doing great, you know. But they don't factor in all the prep beforehand, all the prep afterwards, like, um, I hope she doesn't mind that I'm kind of throwing this out there, but Holland Balls is a great example. Um, a new food truck that just can't hit the scene. Um, I went and talked to her the other day, and she's like, you didn't tell me I was going to be washing dishes at 2 a.m. Like, well, those, that's the stuff you don't see, you know. And just operating on a truck, there's no trucks out there that have air conditioning in them, at least for the kitchen part of the truck, you know, you're standing over a 400 degree grill in the 100 degree weather. So it gets brutal on the truck. There's times I've got off the truck, taken my shirt off and literally wrung it out because it's so brutal. At least you got off the truck. I appreciate yeah, right? that. Those of us <laughs> dying there, we appreciate that you weren't just wringing it uh, out over the fries, man, you know. Um, flavor. And unique opportunity, I mean, I guess being mobile, being able to just go to people, exactly. right? Exactly. That's the, the hugely unique opportunity is that we're not tied down to one location and we're not making money here, boom, we go somewhere else the next day. Right. And then when I was trying to get you, I got to follow you. But yeah. that's okay. But I'll, I'll, I'll live with it. Price of gas, man. Following you around can get pricey. I know, man. Right? Well, we've kind of <laughs> got things down to a science now. We don't, 
we don't leave places last minute, so you can expect <laughs> us to be somewhere for a certain amount of time, and you don't have to go chasing us around. Okay. Scott, more. More on the chat room. Yes, more, more. <laughs> Bill wants to know, has, he, has Rick hired other workers for the truck, or are they all original people? Um, originally, it was myself and about two other, two other guys, originally, three of us. And um, since then, now we call it the five-star power. There's like five of us that have been around since the beginning and um, built this thing into what it's become. But now we employ over 20 people wow. between the truck and, and the restaurant because the restaurant is open. You can get food from the bar 24 hours, but the kitchen part, we, or the dining room, we open during the week from 10.30 a.m. till midnight, and then on the weekends, it's 24 hours in the dining room. So the government should be giving subsidies to you guys. You're, you're creating jobs yeah, out there, Yeah, we're creating jobs, and jobs. we feel great about it. And, I mean, it's just a bunch of young 20-somethings running, running this business, and above all, we, we just try to have, have fun with it, you know? Cool. Scott, next. Okay. <laughs> I got about a thousand questions. Let's start with 297. Uh, Tanya has been pinging me. I guess you have a, a new place opening at Durango and Centennial. Yeah. When is that happening? Let's get that one out of the way because Tanya, Tanya is killing me with that. All question. right. So Durango and Centennial is going to be a drive-through. It's our first location out of the two that are coming, and it should be coming. We're shooting for September 9th, but. I mean, things happen. <laughs> <laughs> okay, who else is bugging you, Scott? And, uh, oh my God, they're moving around so fast I can't even keep up. Uh, somebody mentioned that after seeing or being to your truck, there's a sticker over a picture of one person there. What's that all about? A uh, Rebel sticker. Oh, touchy subject. <laughs> Jeez. Hey, you're going to put it out there. You're going to get questions, my brother. Actually, um, he was with us beforehand. It didn't quite work out, and he's no longer with us. I, I got to get into this because there's articles that have been written in um, LA papers. You know, has the market become oversaturated? I mean, do we just because it seems? I mean, you know, we worry about that. It's a fad. Everybody gets into it, and mm -hmm. it's fun for a while. Definitely. And then there's only so many people that love to, you know, follow people around on Twitter yeah. to go around. And are they? A, the people that you have, may they get sick of it? And B, even if they don't get sick of it, if you keep that same marketplace. Mm -hmm. You know, isn't it going to max out, and aren't you going to have too many people competing for the same market? Well, I'll let you know that we, last summer we made, we were making about twice as much as we are now off of the truck. So is the market maybe a little saturated? I think so. You know, in a year's time, there's 20 trucks on the road. That's huge growth for a brand new industry, you know. But do I think it's a fad? I think it's another option you know we pr we provide a service we pull up to your office and and we feed you lunch we offer that convenience of just walking downstairs and grabbing a great meal so will there always be a market for the food trucks yes if you do it right and if you get creative and if you're smart about it have we begun to see any of them fall by the wayside yet? Have, have some people started up and now they're not there in this short period of time? Uh, I'm not going to mention any names, but yeah, there's some people that are, are struggling to, yeah. to make it out there. And you just have to be different. You have to separate yourself. You have to offer a unique product and you have to offer that amazing service. And for anybody that's looking to start a food truck, 
Tacos, what the hell? <laughs> Come on, the original street food. Yeah, Fusion I mean, tacos. Right, that was what was big in LA originally, yeah. right? It was, I mean, it was all the tacos. No more burgers, <laughs> come on. No more Philly cheesesteaks. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> Nothing that competes with Rick is what he's saying. <laughs> Nothing on his menu. It's off limits right now. The godfather of food trucks has spoken. Oh, man. Um, so, yeah, you know, it's interesting. You talk about the fact that, um, that the trucks are getting more expensive. This has got to be yeah. a boom for the guys who are sitting on old roach coaches know, and right? wanted to retire, right? <laughs> the truck was worth maybe $20,000, you know, maybe a year ago, and now they can get eighty grand from exactly. it or, or something. So that's what I wish I had invested in. Scott, more. Yeah, Adrian wants to know who painted the artwork at the, uh, your HQ. Oh, um, Visual Bluff. There are some local graffiti artists in Las Vegas and um, some good friends of ours now. Uh, I don't know if they have a website where you can check out their work, but go to Johnny McGuire's. They, uh, there's a local sandwich shop at Town Square. They just painted some artwork there as well. But um, our friends over at Visual Bluff did that. Okay, so one more time before we wrap up, I want to plug the fact that you've got Vegas Streets coming up this weekend. Yeah. And Saturday. It'll be this Saturday. And I know you've got the website up there, and we showed people the website. Mm -hmm. Could you, um, that's Vegas Streets, like eats.com, right? Yeah. Or treats, however yeah. you want to say it, dot com. Eat. And then you follow it on Twitter because obviously, I mean, it's we're so like, I feel like I'm so 100 years old when I tell people about websites now. If it's not on Twitter, it doesn't. If it a doesn't tree falls in a forest and somebody doesn't Twitter it, did it ever really happen? No, you know? I didn't. So where do, where do they follow Vegas Streets on Twitter? Um, at Vegas Streets. And streets spelled like treats. Okay, cool. Well, And that's going to be 6 to 9 p.m. or 6 p.m. till 2 a.m. And actually, Vegas Streets, it, it's funny. It started out as, I think, the food trucks was kind of the main focus. And then now it's about all about the disco into the, the early hours. And it's, it's really great. i got to tell people it's great because of the location over there by the El Cortez. I mean, it's just really a block off of the cool block of East Fremont that mm -hmm. everybody likes to go to. Yep. So, I mean, you get to you know, get some cool food. You hang out, you, you take off in between, you go over to Insert Coin or Insert Downtown Cocktail. Insert Coins is great. Um, downtown Cocktail Room, I mean, any of those places, the Griffin, yep. all the really cool places where everybody cool drinks. And everybody's long said, well, yeah, it's great. We've got bars on East Fremont. But this night, we've also got a lot of great food over yeah, there just definitely. a block away. So that's what and really. great music. Can you run down who's going to be there? Do you know off the top of your head who's at this one? Um, I know DJ Zoe, Air Steggy are some local DJs. Um, I actually meant which trucks, but... Oh, <laughs> all right. <laughs> well, Slider Truck's going to be there. Munchie's Truck will be there. Fuku, uh, Lulu's on the Move, Snow Ono. If you have not tried Snow Ono yet, I am, like, addicted to that place. The best uh, authentic Hawaiian shaved ice and uh, a few other trucks. Okay, great. Well, thanks a lot for coming. We usually take a couple um, email questions, and of course, I let people know that you were going to be here. So nice. for a change, this isn't about me. This is going to be about you. All right. So um, Ira wants to know, when are you going to send out email lists of where you're going to be? Because apparently, some people who are not all with the Twitter still want to eat at your place. We've got to go to Stone Age technology like email. Don't worry. We um, Actually, we just set up our email subscriber list a couple weeks ago. We just have been so busy lately, we haven't put together a newsletter to blast out. But um, if you actually go on the website, if you could pull up the website. And then um, if you look right under HQ in the store and contact us, you can fill in your email address right there and click Submit and sign up for our newsletter. And I promise you in the next couple weeks, we will get on that. 
Coming okay. soon. Okay, well that is our time right now. Um, what do I have to plug coming up? I always forget what appearances I've got, but I do know I still want you people to buy my book. Eating Las Vegas, the 50 essential restaurants, okay? This is where I get a paycheck, and I need a paycheck. <laughs> Badly. Please, buy that. Anyway, thanks a lot. Next week, Top of the Food Chain, we are going to, I believe, be talking foie gras. And always a controversial topic, always a delicious topic. It makes me wish we had a stove in here so we could sear some up. But we'll be talking foie gras next week. And I think the week after that, we're, we're toying with sushi. So we got a lot of good concepts coming up. I know we got all of the sliding through and all of the um, food truck bands, but Tune in every week because we're always doing something cool about food here at Top of the Food Chain. And like I said, a big spoon. You can't beat that. <laughs>